You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. You may be seated. Wow. So good to be in the presence of God, isn't it? What I love is God's not bound anymore to a building. That his presence is in us. There's something that happens when all the individual temples of God come together and declare their surrender and submission that Jesus is too. One, his, their savior, that's one. But there's a second level of relationship is he's not just my savior, he's my Lord. He has the keys to my life. He has the keys to my heart. He has a key to every area in my life. Is he your Lord? Maybe you've accepted his free gift that he did on the cross that we're gonna celebrate. Uh, well, we're gonna reflect on and on Friday and then celebrate that he didn't stay there, that he's resurrected and he's victorious. But if we don't make him Lord of our lives, there's no way we can grow in him. And so God led me to do a very short two-week series, started last week. If you weren't here or you weren't able to listen to it, I really encourage you to do so because I believe that this is the message that God is speaking to us in this season. And it's called going dark, meeting with God. And through some people, uh, hopefully we'll have some time, but I'm not sure if we will. But during the first service, some people were able to share their testimonies of how God has met them in special ways and, and developed them through their time in their prayer closet. And uh, it's just really encouraging to hear that some people have been doing this for years, didn't even know it. And uh, God is moving in their lives. So it's just so neat to see. So I just want to recap for you real briefly of what this whole going dark really means. It's a military term. We, we, we see it as going off the radar. We also see it in, in the photography realm of the dark room where God develops us. Um, but number one was we recognized that God actually uses darkness, not light, for his canvas of creation. Darkness is his canvas. Now see, if we don't have pure darkness, we can't really appreciate his light, right? How many, how many of you know we take for granted the things that we just experience day in and day out? We take it for granted. And so God not only uses the dark in its purity to draw us closer to him, but he also allows the fallen state of this world to bring dark circumstances, trials and adversities and, and, uh, uh, and, and challenges to guide us closer to his heart, to develop us. The second thing we looked at was God calls us to go dark. He calls us to take time to meet with him. We saw it with Moses. We saw it with the Israelites. God calls people to push everything else aside and make him priority by meeting with him. Not with our list of prayer requests, but to say, God, we want to hear from you. We want to seek your face. We want more of you, God. 
That's what going dark is all about. And the number three we looked at was that God's purpose for the dark, whether it's us initiating times to be dark or whether it's times of darkness that we're going to look at today, God wants to develop us. And I will go as far to say we've been talking the last two months about growing up in Christ. How many know that Jesus didn't just die to save us to stay little Christian babies the rest of our lives? Just as a parent, you don't raise babies to stay babies, right? You raise children to grow up into healthy, mature adults. We are designed to grow up in our knowledge of Christ and to become more like him. That's our call. That's our design. That's our destiny. But we can't do that without going dark. And I'm not just saying lock yourself in a dark closet. That might be going dark in your car during lunchtime. It may be going dark Uh, when the kids are down for a nap and you just have a breather for a minute. It may be going dark of taking a walk around a pond or in the woods. Going dark just means you're pushing things away. Let's look at this quote. Going dark to the world around you is all about making space for the true light, Jesus Christ, to speak to you and form something in the voids of your life. Jesus is waiting in the dark for you. Yes, he's in you. Yes, he's with you every moment. Yes, you can worship him every moment of your life, but there is something about an intimate time with God and God alone. Just like your marriage will not thrive if you don't find intimate time together where it's just you two growing together. And so today, I want to add on to this plea to the church for us to change the way we're doing life and go dark often. And it's this, Jesus did it. Jesus modeled it. And it's not in every scripture we see in the New Testament, but it's very, very clear what Jesus did. Jesus went dark often often. Why? Because he was fully dependent on the Father. He was fully God, yet he was fully man, yet he did not sin. And in order not to sin and to be bought into temptation, he had to go dark often to be with the Father and align with his heart. The scripture says this in um, Luke Chapter five, verse 15 and 16. I really encourage you to write this down or take a picture of the screen to take your own time to pursue the scriptures of what it says. But it says, but despite Jesus' instructions, let's stop right there. What's going on here in Luke five is once Jesus comes out of the wilderness, oh, imagine that. He started his ministry by going dark. 40 days and 40 nights to be exact. He went dark. He did not do any miracles. He did not do any healings. He did not do many amazing sermons until he went dark. It says he left the wilderness in the power of the spirit. And for three years, he healed the blind. He caused the dead to rise. He did every miracle you can imagine to point everyone to the kingdom of God. But he did it all through the power and the strength of going dark with the father. So 
What happened was when he started his ministry, he would tell, you'll, you'll read it in Matthew, Luke, Mark, and, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You read it. He told them not to say anything. Well, they did anyways. How many of you have been changed by God and can't keep your mouth shut? How many of you, when God heals someone in your family of cancer, you're going to talk about it? When God moves in your life, you want to talk about it. When you go to a great restaurant, Cheesecake Factory or Maggiano's, you talk about it because it's good. And so people did, and Jesus knew that, but he just didn't want to draw attention to the wrong thing. And so they went, and his name and his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. This puts Billy Graham to shame, which Billy Graham would say, amen. Hundreds of thousands of people traveled miles and days and even weeks and months to come and see this Jesus. And in the midst of all the healings and all the miracles and everyone coming to hear the kingdom of God, Jesus did what? He often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. Jesus went dark. In the greatest time, the most momentum ever built in ministry was in Jesus's day of him building the ministry that would then be passed on to the disciples. Man, if I were him, I wouldn't want to stop. I would want to heal every person that I could and take every moment. No, he stopped. He left the crowds. He literally left them in their need. And he went and got away with the father. If Jesus does that, how much more do we need to do that? Let's look at Luke chapter six, verse 12. Jesus went upon a mountain. Something about getting away with God where there's no one and nothing else in your way. And he prayed to God for 20 minutes. No. He prayed to God all night. He endured, he pressed in. He fought off the tiredness and the fatigue and he refreshed in God's presence. Why did they record the specific moment where Jesus prayed all night? You know why? The next day was one of the most important things that Jesus would ever do outside of his salvation act. And that is pick the 12 disciples that would follow him that he would pour into, spend life with, teach, and then they would betray him, reject him, deny him. But then when the spirit of God comes and makes them new because of the cross and the resurrection, they would be changed forever and they would change the history of the world forever. Jesus being fully God yet fully man knew that he had to be one with the father in order to carry out this task. What tasks in your life and your calling has God placed in you, but you haven't seen come to pass yet because you have not set time aside to get with the Father? We need to go dark. Why? Because Jesus did, and we need it. Second, Jesus not only went dark, Jesus ran to the dark in times when they were the darkest ever. I think so often we wait until things get rock bottom and so dark 
to try to run to God, and yet he feels so far away. We don't know how to find him, and we are so desperate. And when we don't sense that he's there, we deny his existence and fade away from a relationship with God. You see, it's from the consistent going dark to meet with God that prepares us for the dark times we face. Hello? Jesus ran to the darkness during dark times. One was when he went uh, to the Mount of Olives, and I'll get to that scripture in a minute. It was the night before everything was going to go down in history, and he would lay his life down for you and for me. And hopefully you will come on Friday to just get a glimpse of what he went through at the 4.30 and 7 o'clock showing. But he went to a garden. And we'll, talk, we'll see the scripture in a minute. Why did he go to the garden to pray? It's because he knew that the worst day of his life was coming in less than 12 hours. He knew the brutal agony, torture, suffering that awaited him on the cross. That had your name on it, by the way. He would soon face betrayal from the 12 disciples that he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed in the dark and poured into, and they rejected him and betrayed him and denied that they even knew him. He would have, he had to, uh, he, he would have known that he had to persevere, persevere, excuse me, the mocking and false accusations from the religious leaders and the law that he came to save and free. He also knew that he would need to endure the scourging and the whipping and the humiliation and the most imaginable of all. Do you know out of all of the road to suffering and the death that Jesus bore for us, do you know the worst part of it all? It wasn't the betrayal of his disciples. It wasn't the whipping. It wasn't the mocking. It wasn't the nails that pierced his body. It wasn't his last breath. It was the rejection of his father. The father had to turn his face from Jesus. Because Jesus had taken our sin. This separated us from the holiness of God. That's why Jesus came. He who knew no sin became our sin so that we would have righteousness to be reconciled to God. That's the power of the cross. And friends, we're screwed without the gospel message of hope that Jesus went and took our place and the father turned his face because of the sin and the stench of our perversion and our rejection and sin that was placed on Jesus. He had to turn his face. And Jesus says, Father. Father, why have you forsaken me? It was the only time in all of creation and existence where Jesus was separated from the Father. And because of that, he knew that he was fully dependent that night before that the only way he was going to make it through this horrific 
event was to be with the Father. And he did three things, and I'd like to look at it in Scripture here. It's in uh, Luke chapter 22. So he came out. They were in the upper room. He just took communion with the, with the, uh, uh, the disciples. He just told Judas to go do what the devil had prompted him to do. And he did all this, and then he left the upper room to go dark. And he took some of the disciples with him so that they would learn that in the darkest of times, you need to go dark. And he, he went there and he came to the place and he said to them, oh, by the way, I want to say the, the first sentence there, and he came out and went, as was his custom, to the mountain of Olives. You don't have to have tons of scriptures in the New Testament that says that Jesus went dark. It says it right here. He went dark, as was his custom. And when he came to the place, he said to the disciples, pray that you may not enter into temptation. When you are tempted to sin, you know the most important thing to do? Stop, drop, and go dark. Going dark to meet with God is our only hope sometimes of persevering against temptation. But it's the hardest thing to do. Have you ever been tempted and know that you're supposed to go dark, but you bind the temptation? And that's why Jesus did it often so that when he was tempted, he would be able to resist the temptation and pursue the face of God. And he withdrew from them. So he brought his disciples, but he still went alone, even a stone throw away. And he knelt down and he prayed, Father, if you are willing, let this cup pass from me. You know what he's doing? He's saying, I don't want to do this, Daddy. Everything within me is resisting this. So the first thing you need to do when you go dark with the Father is pour out your heart. When you're in the darkest times, pour out your heart. He already knows it, but when you pour out your heart, there's relationship, there's a transaction that happens. Pour out your heart to him. He asked his father to not let him endure the cross. But then he does something incredible. So he says, but not my will, father, not what I desire, not what I would prefer, but your will be done. He submitted to the lordship of his father. So we pour out our hearts, but then we align ourselves with the will of God. And then the next slide, he says, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven. Do you know when you meet with God in the dark, God's presence in whatever form or shape meets with you? And sometimes in our darkest of times, we need strengthening. How many of you know when you're going through a dark time, you just feel empty? God, I don't have the strength. I can't do this. That's when he says, thank you. And he sent an angel to strengthen him. And you would think that he would be all better, right? What was the strengthening for? To pray more earnestly in agony. So much so that he sweat drops of blood. He was pressing in so much in the darkness in the dark times, by pouring his heart out, submitting to the Father, and being strengthened. That's the power of the dark and the dark times in our lives. Just think about this. Our only hope, our only hope for a future with God was Jesus and what he did on our account on the cross. That's our only hope. You know what Jesus' only hope was? 
going dark to meet and be strengthened with the Father. That is the only way he endured the cross. If Jesus had to go dark in his darkest of times, what's that say for you and me? We take Jesus' example for loving others. We take Jesus' examples for taking authority over uh, the dark dominions of sin and hell and the grave. But we so often we forget to take his example of going dark and how to deal with the darkest challenges in our lives. Guys, I don't wanna be misquoted and I don't want this to be twisted, but what's happening in our world is a byproduct of sin and the fall, okay? It's dark, it's not of God, it's not from God. However, I believe it's a blessing. Because if the good times and all the blessings that we've endured, or not endured, but we have received, all the freedoms we have that we take for granted, we can so easily forget to meet with God. Sometimes it takes a shaking and a stripping away of things that we hold dear to get us to go dark. There's something I want us to learn from this model of Jesus of going dark and using the darkest times to go dark with the Father. And it's this, it is the intentional withdrawal intentional, on purpose, making it a priority. It is an intentional withdrawal from everything to be alone with God when things are good. Look at Jesus. His ministry was thriving. Momentum was going through the roof. Everyone wanted time with Jesus. He got away because he knew the main thing needs to be the main thing. So it's the intentional withdrawal. Don't miss this, guys. Don't miss this. It's the intentional withdrawal from everything to be alone with God when things are good that then prepares us to draw close to the Father and to tune in and hear his voice when things are dark and challenging. We've got to create space in our daily life to meet with God one-on-one, no cell phones, no distractions, just you and God, so that when the dark trials come and Jesus said they will, we are prepared to get into that posture on our knees and go to war in prayer. And so friends, I would just like to end with two illustrations, if you don't mind, of what it means or what it looks like to go dark, to draw close, and to tune in. So the first point I like to look at is to draw close. To draw close to God. Can you put that up there? Thank you, Lori. Um, I would like to have a, uh, a, a male volunteer, and I hate to call on you. If Anyone willing a male volunteer? Anyone willing? No? Well, then I'll call you out. Hey, Scott Miller, I'm so sorry. Can you just go? I'm not going to call you to the stage necessarily. Can you go to the back uh, of the sound booth? Just uh, stand on up. Go to the back of the sound booth. And what I'm going to do, Scott, is I'm going to put uh, several different objects on um, display here. 
And right where you are, I want you to see if you can identify what the object is. If you cannot, I need you to come as close as you can until you can identify the object. Does that make sense? Okay. So let's start really easy, okay? Let's start really easy. Can you identify what that is? Come closer. Just come closer until you can. Chicken? You sure? How many can identify it right now? Okay, do you know what it is? Chick-fil-A, what, what is it from Chick-fil-A? Okay, so it is right, it's a chicken nugget, but do you know what's in it? You guess. So you're just gonna bank that it's chicken nuggets. Why don't get closer to where you can check? Come on. You're running my sermon time late. Come on, hurry. But what's in it? Can you get, I mean, can you, you got it. Papers. Papers? Yep. It's not chicken nuggets. Nope. It's actually gift cards to Chick-fil-A. So here you go, brother. Or actually, actually it's McDonald's, but it works. Yeah, you're not done yet. Go on back. How many just said it was chicken nuggets? You didn't know gift cards were in there. You had to get close enough to actually touch it and open it and see what's in there. Ooh, wow. What about this? Just move fast closer until you can identify it. It, I don't know, is it? Yeah. You got glasses, huh? <laughs> yeah, icebreakers, thank you, good. I'm not gonna test you what's in, because it's meant, okay? Go halfway back, since way back you can't identify it, and that's good. That, that says something, guys. How often do we distance ourselves and go on with our day, and we just expect to see the things of God? What about this? Just come. If people write me about my sermon length, then I'm blaming you. What is it? It's not a coffee creamer. It's a communion cup with a wafer. See, you got to get close enough to see it. Going back halfway. We'll do one more. Actually, come on up because you're not going to see. Come on up. What is it? Cash. Cash? Coins? coins? What kind of coins? Quarter, dime, penny, and a nickel. Okay, stop. See how close he is? Let it preach. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Friends, the Lord's speaking to you. Many times, the closer we draw to God, intentionally get closer and make time to get closer, he reveals so much more to us. Have a tough decision? Have a wayward child right now? Have a broken marriage? In transition of jobs, not sure what to do? Are you drawing close enough to see God's plan and purposes for your life? He's right here. Okay, now I need a brave married woman to come up. Lauren, are you married? 
If you're not, come here, I wanna meet you. It's my wife, everybody. <laughs> Guests are like, oh, what pastor is this? <sighs> okay, what I want you to do is uh, I would like for you to stand with your back to the audience. Better not get this wrong. You better not get this wrong. And every time you hear my voice, check, check. Every time you hear my voice, I want you to raise your right hand. Just raise it, okay? All right. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hello, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hey, Lauren. Okay, now let's add a little bit of music and chaos and destruction. A little bit. Distraction, destruction, distraction leads to destruction. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Lauren. Lauren. Hey, Lauren. 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 Okay. Turn it down just a little bit. Now, everybody, just start clapping. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Lauren. Lauren. Yeah, it's me. Lauren. Lauren, move to the right. Move to the right. Now start dancing. Yeah, you're good. Hey, Lauren. Yeah, exactly. Turn off the music. You're beautiful. You did great. Did you see she was hesitant? And she went like this until she was confident. How many times you guys got, we've got everything going on, calling our attention. I tell you what, we have toddlers. It is crazy. We laugh at it now. Mom, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, mom, mom, you know, and it's so difficult. Some of you are working nonstop and you get home and there's more, more expectations and demands and you never stop. And then when you need to stop and God's calling you to himself, you don't know what his voice sounds like. Because God, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Do you know his voice? Have you spent time to draw close and actually tune in to the voice saying, God, I'm not going anywhere until I hear you. Because then when it gets dark and chaotic, you can still hear his voice. Sometimes to the point where it's like, daddy, this is the worst situation I'm going through and all these demands, but right now, I want to hear you. Friends, you have to make it a priority. So then when you have no choice, when darkness comes, you know exactly how to draw close and how to hear from the Father. So we're gonna go dark right now. Some of you ask, do we do altar calls? We are right now. We're going dark to meet with God. That's your altar. If you don't know Jesus as your savior and your Lord, right where you're at, call out to him. Ask him to show you his heart and he will show you the cross. Ask him to speak to you and he will say, you're my child and forgiven. Ask him to be your Lord and he will say, let me in. It's that simple.
And if you are a child of God in the family of God, this is time to go dark and ask the Lord to surround you. Draw close and tune in. Let's go dark.
thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.